Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? Boy, with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave and i'm jury rig john again you're you're hiding in an undisclosed location yep i am at my sister's house in connecticut and i have brought some of my equipment with me, as you can see, but uh, I will have a big giant head on the screen and uh, I hopefully sound the same. I've only got one earpiece though. Ah. But my brother-in-law did give me the required sustenance. Yes. And obviously people can see that JD is not here at the moment, but he is running late. He will be joining us shortly. He's on the road, rushing back to join us, possibly rushing to poop. <laughs> and uh, but you're gonna say he's on the road trying to get us stories but maybe and you know what's really annoying my other computer had our page up and started auto playing the show <laughs> I, oh that's what i'm hearing <laughs> we are all sorts of technical problem today nice uh, all right let's you're gonna have go. to if jd oh. was here you two could banter and i could go turn that off but i <laughs> well i can tell you how my day's going while you turn it off yes yes first off why are you at your sister's and how are things going? Oh, no, thing, things are going fine. Uh, my sister's going on vacation, so I'm going to watch my nephews. So I will look a lot more tired next Sunday when that comes up. But uh, he's not going to hear any of this. But you're going to hear this, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, lots of new anime that I've tried out. And I don't know, worked on the book a little bit. Work, blah, blah, blah. Looking at a couple of new trailers. One for, oh, God, believe it or not, The Meg 2 is coming out i like with jason Statham. i did not know that they were going to come out with a second movie about that i think that's awesome what else we got there is meg to the trench that's what it's called and there's gonna be a, another hunger games movie another equalizer two equalizer three movie is coming out i was just talking about equalizer three is coming out too and then there's there right next to that is a trailer for is it the new transformers rise of the beasts <laughs> which is the only one i'm really Drew says, you yes, look, you look joyous, much better than the darkness of normal. Yes, but that's a fake background. <laughs> no, this is not the fake background. I had the fake background on, but you didn't oh, like oh, the brick oh. wall. Ah, looked like I was in front of a firing squad. Oh, so that's a real couch behind you. Okay. Yes, yeah, yes, that's the real. That's real. Oh, and the, another movie, another movie I saw that's coming out: Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire. There's only a teaser for that out right now, but that sounds awesome. That's a continuation of which version? Oh, or is it uh, of, the, of Godzilla versus Kong. 
Okay, okay. It's just a continuation of the American type movies. Um, I heard, I know that Toho is going to come out with a new Japanese Godzilla movie, and it should be in the same. It won't be a continuation of Shin Godzilla, which was too awesome to too awesome to even try to describe. I actually brought that here to show my, to have a movie night with my nephews. But it's going to, they're going to start a new bunch of Godzilla movies, I guess, from Toho, even while the legendary universe is going on. But they're not going to be the same. The Toho ones aren't going to be the same silly stuff that were came out in the, was it the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s? There looks like they're going to go back to the serious Godzilla again. They said in the same vein of Shin Godzilla, although it won't be Shin Godzilla is way overpowered. Nothing will ever work on him twice. He'll always evolve. So I don't know how you end that story without him just destroying the planet. But they already did that series on Netflix. It, they had Godzilla 1, 2, and 3. 1 was good. They, they were animated too. Godzilla 1 was good. 2 and 3 were not good at all. So Drew says, I hope they bring in Pacific Rim. I have not seen the Pacific Rim movies. Is that in the same universe? or No, no, it's not. And, it, and uh, the first uh, okay. one was Del Toro. The first Pacific Rim movie was definitely worth seeing. You really should see that. If you haven't, just rent it now. The second one, uh, I didn't see. I've heard enough about it that it's okay, but it's not great. So I don't know if Pacific 3 will bring, they could bring it back. That It'd be worth looking at because who doesn't like giant robots versus, versus or giant mechs versus monsters? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So yeah, who doesn't want to see that? So I bet my girlfriend wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah, but but us geeks will like here, take our money. So yeah, that's how I'm doing. How do you do? How you doing, Dave? All right. What? I haven't really done much this week except this is how boring I have become. I watched the great British baking show. There is now the great American baking show. Oh, which, so it's all burger flipping. No. Let's see how much monosodium glutamate we can pack into this one patty. No, it was interesting. It, obviously, though, this is one of the, other than the Weird Al show, this is the other Roku original that I've watched, because this is on the Roku channel. So it's a Roku original. And it's interesting, because it's the same judges as the British baking show. It's the same setup. Everything's. It's. The, I believe it's the same company actually making it. They're just. It's being just. You know, distributed here, obviously, by the Roku channel. And yeah, they've never done that before. Obviously, they have. American Idol started yeah. off as British Isle, right? Yeah, and The Office, and all the other ones that they brought over. Hey, Kassan. Hello, Kassan. And it's funny because speaking of The Office, those who've watched the American version all the way through, at one point, Pam becomes a salesperson and they bring in the new girl to be the receptionist, the redhead who I can't remember the actress's name to save my life, but she is one of the hosts of this show. And I don't know. And I have no idea who the male host is. He's obviously some kind of comedic actor, but I've, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. So it's weird. It's a much different, it's a slightly different dynamic. It's much shorter. It was only six episodes total. And they only start with nine people and then the semifinal they eliminate they get down to five eliminate two and then did a final with three so it's it's i know it's such a dirty show i like the great british baking show because unlike most reality shows like that the people actually help each other out and it's there's no like backstabbing there's no cutting to a confessional where they're like they're complaining about one of the other bakers or anything like that 
I know you're confused. It's like, where's the fun in that? That doesn't sound American at all. It's not. I'm saying the British version and the American version was also very much the same, except every once in a while, one of the hosts would go up to one of the bakers and be like, oh, you don't really like this person, do you? I felt like they were trying to create. That sounds like American TV. (laughs) Literally every time you hear about one of the reality TV shows, that's after a while, all the stories leak out from behind the scenes and it's all, all, they say it's, oh, it's reality TV. It's not reality TV. They scripted some parts and the rest of it is just literally the producers doing exactly what you said and going by. It's like, this person said this about you. I think you should confront them. It's like just giving nudges here and there to make Um, make even normal people really stupid. So we all know the granddaddy of reality shows is the real world on MTV. Oh gods, yeah. And it's funny because there was so much quote unquote conflict in the first season of the real world and it became a hit and blah, blah, blah. The cast of the original first season have all come out and said nothing happened. That was all editing to make it look like they were fighting and not getting along. Like he said, they're friends today. Like nothing happened on the show. They just five guys or whatever, just living together. Nothing. Like They edited that- it to make it look like they were fighting all the time and everything. That makes sense. Yeah. Now that we have a writer's strike, we can look forward to another boom in reality TV, probably. I am sure that's coming. By the way, we support the writers. They des- In this day and age with the streaming, they should adjust the pay for, for the new era of streaming. And writers should be able to get a living wage and get what they're due because you can't have a show without writers. Because if you have a show without writers, you get us. And you don't want that. Not everywhere. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> you're, you're stepping on our stick here. I was <laughs> no, I'm metaing our stick. And just, I can't remember who pointed this out last week, but one of the issues is that with the streaming, they're not forthcoming with the actual numbers. And yeah, we're like the, the only not, time they'll tell us anything is, oh, we have more viewers or less viewers or whatever. They don't tell you anything else. And I know they're not paid on viewers; they're paid on traditional television. They're paid on advertising dollars so obviously the more viewers the more money they make this is you're getting subscriptions so i think if they're not what they should be doing is tracking okay how many new subscribers are watching this show they're tracking it but they won't tell us well, that's yeah the, that's what we know. and they won't it, more importantly they won't tell the writers who are writing the, the shows that are causing a streaming service to either gain or lose and know, that's what i'm saying is that that's the whole thing is if the writer's bringing in more money to the, the, if the whole show is bringing more money into this platform, those people should be making more money. That's how it normally works on television, but now with streaming, it's not working that way. And the thing where they're trying to turn this into a gig economy, where it's like, we'll give you a contract for one or two episodes or something, or you write, we'll give you, we'll pay you per episode. So that's not how that works. Yeah. First off, nobody, none of these places are going to do that. None of these houses are going to do that anyway, because you want if you want really inconsistent writing, yeah, sure. Hire a different writer for every episode. Like that always that always worked out. Star Wars children. Well, so it just they're not gonna how, do that. That's how comics have worked. It's they bring a writer writes a story and then they leave and then another writer comes in and writes another story and they don't always build off what the exactly. last writer did. Or sometimes they tear down what the last writer did or they change things. Comics are famous for retconning right but people watching a tv show aren't looking to have things retconned every unless you're watching doctor who 
then you don't mind a retcon here and there. But other, you're not looking for the on the office to have every episode completely change what happened in the last episode and people's right. personalities to be completely grafted onto different people. It's just nobody's going to watch those kinds of shows. No, but no. so I, I don't that the way they treat writers, he said, and then it was like Adam from Adam ruins everything was on CNN and he did it perfectly. He was on there and he was discussing how the writer's strike and all that. He waited until a couple of minutes into the interview before he basically took out a chainsaw and tore into them about how the CEO, the current CEO of Time Warner, who owns now Sienna, makes basically $250 million a year, which is which just that alone would cover what the writers were asking for. And that doesn't include all the executives under him, all the executives from all the other studios. It's just the amount of money that now goes to the execs is just obscene. So is it cake? That's from Omega Level Nerds. Is it cake? I've never heard of that one. Show, is it, yeah, I have, I'm going to assume that's something on the Food Network. It's probably like played it. right, after, right, right after the other series, The Cake is a Lie. Gaming nerds will know what I'm talking about. No, but yeah, and it's funny too because how like, and we've I've talked about this with other people where it's the problem with companies like this is that these be- people who are being brought in to be CEOs didn't build the company up, so they're taking huge salaries. Where if it was their company and they had a personal stake in it, they would probably take smaller salaries to invest back into the company because that's what a lot of small businesses do. Mm. They invest back and the head of, and the head of Time Warner. He's not even keeping the company alive for crying out loud. No, not at this point. So, but he still gets his golden parachute and his extra bonus. What the hell? Everyone has to have a golden parachute. Don't you have one? No, I'm <laughs> two levels below golden parachute at work. Uh, I know that for a fact. I'm golden shovel, basically. I, you, they give you the shovel to dig your own grave with? What? Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> All, right. All right. That's enough of old man talk. Yes. Although I really can't wait to see Meg 2. Like that was, that it looks like fun. There's extra Megs and a lot of other prehistoric creatures. This is going to be fun. You know what else is fun? What's that? A little social media no. madness. No, it is not fun. The cake is a lie and so is that. No, bad host. So first off, we talked about Dune 2, the trailer for Dune 2 last week. We got a couple of comments over on the YouTubes about it. At Peter Parker said, Dune in IMAX was a cinematic experience like no other. The whole of Dune 2 was shot in IMAX, and I have no doubt that will be a masterpiece. Because we did talk about that, how this seeing it on the It big should be is. interesting. I'm still waiting to, I, I still can't wait to see if the plot is going to be the original from the books, where they basically trick the Fremen into believing that Paul Atreides is the messiah. Or if they take the other route of the original movie, who was the director of the original movie? I keep forgetting. That wasn't it. Wasn't Del Toro? It was no, it was a famous uh, guy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it, okay. But at, yeah, they, where they make him the actual one. Yes. At Donnie nineteen sixty said, Dune was not written for the general masses. I see a lot of those. I see a lot in these reactions. Star Wars is the dumbed-down, diluted product that most viewers of movies crave. I loved Star Wars, and as a huge fan of Dune, never saw Dune in it. Was good. Was a good story. Plain good guy, bad guy thing. 
it will never go out of style. Dune is something completely different. Again, not for everyone. Dune is high concept stuff. Like Dune is something completely different. Again, not for You're repeating yourself, Dave. No, I do this time. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Dune Dune is is high concept, like foundation or I I I robot they made into a movie that was low concept. But I feel I feel like that comment was geared towards what JD said, where he where his son turned to him and said, It looks like Star Wars. Is it Star Wars? Oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the original Dune was nineteen eighty four and it was done David Lynch. That, which, which, yeah. which, it, it, and it was very David Lynch, <laughs> but I liked um, it. Okay, I feel like this is the comment that, and there's a couple of replies on this that maybe mm-hmm. you're going to have to address because you're the Dune guy. <laughs> if they've written out Saint Allah of the Knife, the franchise is done. So, is that what you were just talking about, or uh, no? That's just another plot change. But yeah, there's only so, like in the original movie, there's only so much you could. So, like this, 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 even now they're cutting out huge parts of some things because with even well, this, yeah. with it being a two-parter, but with the original movie, they, it, I mean, it really wasn't, it was Dune only in the fact that it had sandworms and Paul Atreides, but I mean, there was a lot of other stuff there, but it's, it just, oh. it was not the same story. Yeah. It's, if they're cutting out entire characters that are like crucial to the plot in the books, then yes, they- Wait. Hold on a second. Don, are you saying you're Donnie 1960? Oh, are we having comment? That was me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he said that was me. So I would assume he's Donnie 1960 and not the other. Oh, he's using aliases now. Oh, good. Okay. And not. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean. Lord Crunk 4790. There's a certain amount of changes you have to make to any story to make it work on the screen as compared to a book. But. When you take out entire characters that in in the book form are crucial to the plot or drive the plot or help or things that the author used to like make a point that was part of the point of the book, yeah, then it could still be a good story in its own right, though. I'm liking the new Dune. I actually I'm one of those people that liked the old Dune that the or David Lynch one because of its kind of camp and just weirdness and all the freaking whispering and it was just it yeah. it was david lynch it was weird but it was interesting to watch this one is okay it's not as interesting to watch as and now that i'm thinking about it interesting as in i it's fun to watch dune via uve bold's vision yeah. uh but but this new one is more grand i think and it's got its own charm to it in certain ways don replied ali is like four years old at the end of Dune. I'm sure it will be, I'm sure she will be there, but it's not her movie. It's not her movie. The later books cover her much more. Also, no franchise will survive if they introduce her in late production. She's talking about, he's talking about the sister of Paul Atreides. Oh, okay. Who, who, yeah, she, if they want a sequel bait, she'll be introduced in some way. But yeah. We'll yeah, yeah, Herbert Walker's Dune is is just it's grand. Like there's several books to it. You just have Frank Herbert, by the way. Sorry, Herbert Walker. I don't know where I got that. I don't. But yeah, it's uh, hey, I'd say go read the books. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. There are a lot more changes in this than oh, yeah. there are say in the Harry Potter books from the Harry Potter books to the movies. 
but it's the books are definitely worth reading. So is Foundation, by the way, which there's also a series out there's on also, Amazon, I think. There's also way more changes in The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but eh, what the else? Elves got? never sh- the elves never showed up at Helm's Deep. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, look at all the changes they made in the original. Yeah. yeah. We also talked things. about recently the Mandalorian season three. We reviewed it. To which Timothy Jones said, I haven't seen the final episode yet, so I won't be able to listen to that part of your episode. Unfortunately, <laughs> this is the way. Uh, Timothy Jones, available in finer, <laughs> like everywhere basically now, I think. <laughs> it's, it's our grapes available in finer newspapers across the yep. country. I don't have that down. I really should get that down. Thanks, Tim. All right, all right. And then, of course, last week we did review Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, to which Kassan said, I'd like to hear your thoughts a week after you've watched the movie. I still rate it high. Best MCU since No Way Home. It's a solid 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, he's got a point. Like, after it settles in, you kind of do change your mind a little bit, I think. Um, It hasn't soured on me. I like, I still think the same way about it that I did then. Yeah, it hasn't soured on me either. I'm, I was a little harsh on it. You but, were, yeah, you were more iffy about it than we were. Again, I'm going to say this, and this might be what Kassan's getting at. There's this weird tendency that when a good Marvel movie comes out, everyone gets super hyped afterwards, and th- it's the best things in sliced bread. And it's, is it really? You got to let it marinate a little bit. Go, okay, wait, does this make? Does this crack my top ten? Does this crack my top five? It's, it's like it's not going to be in my top five. The first Guardians was, but not this one. And then the Gorilla Brain podcast replied with Rocket Raccoon saying, damn. Huh. <laughs> and Karen's JD, that's a weird name. He's, it sucks that he's not here. Said, do you think originally someone was going to die, but they adjusted due to the feedback about phase four? And that was the start moving away from grief and loss yeah that's actually i did i have thought about that because they come in they faked us out in the trailer there's three or four times in the movie you think someone's going to die and no one dies and yeah like before this everything has been about grief and loss yeah i know but again like phase four is ending phase five is starting and i don't even know where the concept of phase four being all about grief and loss has come from i think it turned into that because of the pandemic slowing everything down and them having to rearrange the movies and all that. Yeah, like they, and it kicks off with WandaVision, which is definitely a, her grieving. Oh, yeah. Oh, it started like that, most certainly. But yeah, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. It's like, yeah, it's it may, maybe it would be like if Guardians of the Galaxy her- heralds the Phase 5, then yeah, I mean, I could see them saying that. But then we're going to talk about something later about it seems like James Gunn still had mostly full control over everything i think he made it exactly the way he wanted it and yeah i'm good with it drew says i think it's funny people are upset with the content of guardian of the galaxy 3 to me it was a solid pg-13 but no one look looks at that anymore it's you know what he's right and what was it the you're allowed one f-bomb in a pg-13 movie he gave us that at the midway through the movie like i'm sorry the movie ratings are bs they're complete bullshit. They're just they always they've always been that way. I, I know because look at the difference between a PG in the eighties and a PG today, like Robocop versus anything today. It's and that was like that's one of the things though, right? Like making something PG today is like a kiss of death. G is really a kiss of death because it's like 
you're not going to get they know the majority of your moviegoers are going to be mid to late teens and early 20s that are going to go to movies so they're not going to want to go see a kids movie unless it's a fam unless the family mm -hmm. going to the movies so yeah same like same thing for an r like there, how many movies have we talked about that have had to cut things in order to cut an r down to pg-13 Yep. Because they wanted that demographic. They wanted that huge slice of pie. And if they released it as an R, they would have less viewership or le less receipts. Yeah, exactly. No, that's yeah. exactly true. It's, it all fits into what you're always talking about with the four quadrants. Like That's part of it yeah. is putting it in a rating where everyone can go see it and it attracts the largest audience. Which really is just funny because you look at the, you look at the movies where they didn't listen to the studio and they released it like they wanted to say Deadpool. And yeah. how, hey, wow, who knew that if you had a rated R movie about a superhero, you would get like a huge freaking following and, and huge box office and all that. Who knew? You know, yeah. it's just. And then finally, we talked about Adam Driver has been cast in the Fantastic Four movie. It's, we don't know who he's playing yet. Of course, some are saying Reed Richards. We want Doom. Timothy Jones came back and oh, said, no. "Oh no, <laughs> here it comes." He said, "Kylo Doom." So we'll give him that. Oh, don't ever change, Tim. I love your comments, man. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's awesome. That's all I've got for social media madness this week. So if you guys want to follow us on social media madness and get more superhero speak, here's our good friend Don to tell you more. Enjoying the show. Do you want to be part of Social Media Madness? Go ahead and head on over to SuperheroSpeak.com. You'll find all the links you need, episodes of the show, comic reviews by Chris, and other articles. We're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, you can also check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45 Baby, So Wizard Podcast, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Hashtag GW All-Stars, and you're not going to be disappointed. So, make sure that you are commenting on our Twitter articles. Be a poignant comment, could be a stupid one. Either way, gives you a chance for Dave to possibly mispronounce your Twitter handle. Alright, I've rambled on enough. Let's head back to Dave and the gents on Superhero Speak. Thanks for that, Don. Don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerds podcast available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. And uh, yeah. Oh, what's Drew say here about Deadpool? I feel like Deadpool is censored. They cut him shooting the bad guy and it seemed out of place. I don't know how much they cut out of that. I, I know mean, that the original was cut down a bit, but the only reason a lot of the movie was cut down was because they cut the budget halfway through I guess somebody didn't like the idea, like they didn't think it was going to do good. And even with that, it only made it a better movie because Ryan Reynolds just can't be stopped. <laughs> yeah, I also so, think there's a lot of blood on that bridge scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm sure like if we saw the uncut version, it would, I don't know, it, it's hard enough for me to watch some of the scenes of that because I'm just such a, a puritanical, but I don't know, it's it, box office, you can't argue with it. People love it. And yep. I'm sure if they made an R Superman movie, oh God, I guarantee you, you will make back double what you paid for the movie. Come on. We'll talk or about that Batman, a bit. Or an R Batman movie? Oh. Batman movie I could see. We'll talk about Superman here in a minute. On that note, we will be taking a quick commercial break. 
We'll be right back with some. Some podcasts are like this. On top, missionary pull the leg over so that way it's like they're on their side. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that way it's like you're hitting it from the back, but, but you're still getting face action. Yeah. Whoa. That way you still reach a hand awesome up twister there. Shirt. Yeah. 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 But you still get deep because you get. And, and face, face and neck. It's a power position. What would you call that? Like a wine opener? The bop it. You can smack it. You <laughs> can choke it. You can pull it. You can do everything. And some podcasts are like this. It's hard. It's hard. It's, I'm one day off vaping right now, bro. And I want to fucking smoke a bowl out of my own nuts, bro, of pure nicotine. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. Oh, we let that slide. That was woo. He's a Sweet bad guy. and sour it's chicken fine. ass nigga. <laughs> He's a bad guy. Oh, let's just walk over this one. Because he was a villain, we let that slide. That was. He's a I forgot about that. My bad. Just because you naming food, nigga, don't make it better, dog. Like it's still racist as shit. It's so much racism. Bro, also, I know ain't no black people wrote this, so I know this is just that. I'm tripping the racism. You can say whatever you want through his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Think of all the racist things you want to say to those Asian people. Get it off the chest. It. It'll be spoken in jive, so it wouldn't hurt so much. <laughs> his sweet jive mouth. <laughs> you are now listening to Call 45. This is Beat'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. (laughs) Drew wants to know, what would you need for an R for Superman? That sounds like a bad idea. You know what? It does. (laughs) Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Like at almost anything that were is that was in like Justice League Unlimited with the Bruce Tim stuff, like that could easily go R if they showed actual things that happened like off screen. Some of the later movies. So you're saying like, yeah, okay. Let's for instance take Man of Steel and. Oh my God! All of the carnage. That's easy. That's easy. Exactly. Come on. If, you could easily turn that to an R movie. By showing people actually dying in those buildings that were being knocked over in that fight in Metropolis, so yeah, look, j- just anything out of oh, what's the animation? Invincible, Invincible, right? Yeah, that shows you just how bad things can get with a super powered and vulnerable guy, right? Yeah, and you don't even need an Omni Man to turn it to t- to turn an entire city into salsa. You just you just need a one bat normal bad guy like the Joker or hell even Luther would do enough to make something an R Look. if you actually follow one of their plot lines. Look properly. who decided to show up as we I, ended social media or as we had gotten out of our commercial break. So we're already done social media madness. No. I feel like you were watching the show and waited to join. That is not, I would have. That is not in fact accurate. Wish it was. I just walked in the door. I was stuck in traffic coming home from Wisconsin Dells, and there was a big accident on I-90. Oh, okay. I spent about a two-hour drive turning into three, an hour and 45-minute drive. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Man, that it wasn't me, so nothing to worry about. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. They call me red-handed. Oh, hey, Troop. Why, Why show it? Show? What is gained over losing out youngers and missables for an adult audience? What are we talking about? 
how to make Superman rated R. We're get we, we, why? Well, no, we don't have. You don't have to make it rated R. But why are we? We just were joking. It, it, yeah, to that. I mean, it's a thought. At this point, it's a thought experiment. Like yeah. you could make a like any plotline with Batman could easily wander into rated R territory. Superman maybe less, but still, if you're a super powered guy and you're going and something's coming after you, whatever's coming after you is probably going to make a mess, and that mess is going to turn your movie into All a right. rated R. You know what? Eh. You know why that the JD was late. People mm. were on. People, there were too much traffic out there because people should have been home to watch this show. And you know why they yeah. didn't know the show was on? Yeah. They weren't subscribed. So if you're watching ah. this right now, hit the subscribe nice. button and hit that bell for notifications. <laughs> also, I forgot before we get to the news, I forgot to say this at the top of the show. We missed our 10-year anniversary. It was two weeks ago oh. when we had Pat on. That would have been officially two, 10 years. It's because we're, we're old. Yeah, so we yay 10 years Woo. whoa <laughs> and you used graphics from 10 years ago perfect yeah we don't get much more advanced than that <laughs> no that that as they say in the ghostbusters that represents the last of the petty cash <laughs> hello classy let's see i graduated from community college yesterday congrats Got my associate's degree and going to transfer to university to get my bachelor's degree. Congratulations. There. Congrats. You're giving us your super villain origin story? Is that what you do? Sure. <laughs> hey, no, Drew. Drew, bad. Wrong. No, Drew. No. Unless it's death battle. Then they could easily make it in our MLP, death battle with Pinkie Pinky Pie. MLP? Pinkie Pie. Yeah. What the hell are you guys talking about? That who, that's who Pinkie... That's... Wait, MLB? Pinkie Pie is a MLB Generation 4 pony that also realizes uh, she's a cartoon, just like Deadpool... Death Battle Milo. did a death battle between Pinkie Pie and Deadpool because they they could both break the fourth wall easily. Yes, I've, MLP is My Little Pony. Pinkie, okay, um, that should be a baddie. All right, okay, Drew, that's the easy way to get John going is to mention My Little Pony. Don't do that. That or anime. Dang. Can't wait. No, James Gunn Superman. We're going to talk about that in a little. Yeah, bit. I'm optimistic, cautiously. It's still under the umbrella of Warner, so who knows how much? Look. James Gunn is probably the only person I can think of right now that could resist any studio interference. So we'll see what happens. Nice, nice haircut. haircut. Huh? This is just where my hair should be. I should get a haircut more often. I just let it grow because I'm lazy. It's called so, going bald. <laughs> why are you on the cot? Why are you on the floor this week? I didn't even recognize where you were at. I thought I was on the wrong show. I, I'm at my sister's house. <laughs> I, I brought some of my equipment with me but I'm taking care of my nephews this week while my sister and her husband go out on vacation. Sure. So I brought some nice movies for the kids to see. Big Trouble in Little China, Shin Godzilla, Kung Fu Hustle. Behind the Green uh, Door? <laughs> no, yeah, sure. That, All right. Let's... And The Thing by Carpenter. <laughs> I'm sure the nine-year-old will love that. Let's get to a little bit of news. And I bring up this first story because I feel this is a good we talked about having this Spider-Man adjacent universe and like <laughs> the idea of, so Venom 3's working title is Orwell, which is they're hinting at it's possibly Orwell Taylor is going to be the villain. Have either of you guys heard of Orwell Taylor? Honestly? No, I'm not familiar with Orwell Taylor. I have yeah. no idea. So he's strictly a villain from the Venom books, oh. which only a handful of people have actually read the Venom books. Wow. Like they really think they can go the Guardians of the Galaxy way? 
they really think they've got those chops. Oh boy. Classy yeah, I mean, to gray hair out, JD, but you did that already. I did that. I don't know if you were watching back then, but I about two years ago, my hair was down to my shoulders. And because uh, it was really long, it, it was really curly, excuse me, it went, as you can see, I got to get a haircut again. It goes up. So I used to have to wear a headband on the show to keep it all in line. I would have to grease my hair. It was a lot of effort. I'm good. So anyway, I got, I got a goatee going now. Yes, I can see that. Should I give them the spiel on who Orwell is? George Orwell, writer of 19. Yeah. Oh, no. Orwell Taylor, Earth 616. That's oh, sure. I mean. Go for it. Once a general in the United States Army, his wife, he and his wife had two sons, Maxwell and Hugh. It was let's see. After he was left to the army, he got a job working at the Superman prison known as the Vault, where he became friends with Curtis Elkins. Hugh was smothered to death by Venom. Orwell, mad with grief, wanted to find a way to avenge the death of his son. So he gathered together several of his sons, Hugh's former army buddies, and fellow guardsmen at the Vault, and outfitted them with armor based on the armor the guardsmen wore, which were based on designs stolen from Iron Man. Maxwell became Screech. Samuel Calkin became Ramshot. And Curtis Elkins became Sentry. Not the Sentry. That's too powerful. A Sentry, not the A Sentry, no. not the yeah, Sentry. Not, yeah, like why would they use the same name? They can't. Yeah, it's not well, that, the that, same Sentry. The Sentry you're thinking of came after. Okay. Yeah, uh, he named his group the Jury and made it their mission to bring Venom to justice. So that's basically their story. Right. So it's really well, like third number rate. one. <laughs> Number one, I don't think they can do the whole thing because they don't have the rights to use Iron Man, so they can't say <laughs> Iron Man armor. What can they like? Jamie how are like they making this? <laughs> how are they making this entire universe that's based so, on Spider Man without freaking Spider Man? But here's my, well. here's why I brought it up, and here's my point: it's now you're getting to the point where, like the first movie, you have Venom, and then some generic Venomisk villains that were from the comics, and then you bring in Carnage for the second one. Now it's, okay, we don't want to repeat another Venom-type villain, so we're going to bring in this third-rate villain from the comics that no one really knows. You're going to run out of characters quickly. That's that's yeah. my issue, and I don't, like, I don't think anyone's going to go see a movie with a third-rate villain from a Venom comic that no one knows about. This is what we said about Venom, and that people still go, people went to see Venom. They went to yeah. see Venom, too, then, and they took a... Then it took a left turn into a brick wall with Morbius. But I don't see, like, how do you make all of these characters that are based on Spider-Man or Spider-Man adjacent without Spider-Man? It just doesn't make any sense. They're doing it. I don't know if they're doing it well, but they're doing it. Well, it's still Sony, so. (laughs) Frosty says that movie sounds like crap. It does. It does. Yeah, I think it will be. You would literally have to be James Gunn to make that good, right? You need somebody like James Gunn. I don't know if there's anybody else like James Gunn, but you need somebody like James Gunn to make that kind of movie work. Classy says he saw Carnage with his family and they enjoyed it overall. Good for them. Yeah. Okay, they made it in terms But again, yeah, but you also had Woody Harrelson in the movie. I think that was part of the draw to it. And Tom Hardy's a good actor. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Yeah, he's not either. But it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's It just feels like weird. And also for the third movie to go to a somewhat generic villain, but they're probably limited with their choices, too. Excuse me. They're not really right. limited. They're any character in the Spider-Man catalog they can do something with. They just really aren't doing anything with Spider-Man, which is weird. Yeah. And, and they can't because it's like, if they do anything with Spider-Man, they're going to ruin their cash cow with the Marvel Universe. Like, they need Spider-Man to stay there. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think the red wig in the 
after classy says the red wig was weird. It was classy, definitely. The one in the after credit scene for Venom looked bad, but I think they got it. It was much better in the Let There Be Carnage movie. I think they mm. heard the feedback that it looked like crap and got a better wig. And anybody who looks at who who knows Woody Harrelson, how do you picture him anything other than bald? Yeah, he's been bald for a long time. I still think a young Woody from Cheers. Just oh. balding in that. Yeah, and, she was. Yeah, towards the end he was. Yeah. All right, let's move over to a good movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Three. This just recently came out. So the new Guardians at the end of the movie were not picked by Marvel. They were picked by James Gunn, which made me go, interesting. But here's my question. Does that mean that like Marvel said, go ahead and pick the team because we're not going to do anything with them afterwards? That would be yeah, sad. That's my That'd be their mistake. Their I'm, mistake. Not, I'm not no, saying think... that. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, don't... I think we're done with the Guardians. Yeah. I really do. I think so as well. I think can they can they really be done though? Like they're sure. still involved I mean, in space they... with Captain Marvel and stuff. Like how can you ignore the Guardians after that? That's the right. whole thing. They give you the feeling like they're going to continue on, but with a different team at the end there. But it's like nah, like they just said, James, do whatever you want. We don't care. This is your last one. We the only character we're gonna we know we're definitely gonna use is Star Lord. So so go ahead and do whatever you want with the Guardians. I don't think they is wrong on that. To be honest with you. Pretty sure that's where they're coming from. So that would be sad. Yeah. Yeah. Vin Diesel will keep doing it. <laughs> Do you think yeah. they could hmm? got family? He's this family. <laughs> they could still use Rocket. Any anything that they brought Rocket in for would bring in cash. Like everybody loves Rocket Raccoon. You don't need to do it as Guardians of the Galaxy. You could actually do something else. Yeah, you can do side quests with these characters without it being the Guardians. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I don't want I don't want to see Guardians without James Gunn, but that's me. Yeah, and Classy did points this out. The final credit says Star Lord is coming back, not the Guardians. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Star Lord will return in something, something. Something? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And tell us what movie he's going to come back in. Just that he is going to come back. This is true. This is very true. It's a shame. Yeah. I'm gonna, he'll probably has a cameo in the Marvels. I can see it. Yeah. All right. Let's move across the aisle and get started. But these are the two articles that prompted what I wanted to talk about later. First, the, there's a lot of rumors going around about the casting for Superman. And the current forerunner that I've seen as for Superman is David Cornsweet or Cornsweet. I'm not sure how you pronounce Cornswat. Cornswat. It's an E. I think it's Corn. Corn okay. sweat? Uh, how do the hell do you say his name? Corn, corn sweat. sweat. Corn, <laughs> sweat. Cor, corn sweat. Corn sweat. There's a uh, cor, a they're saying Nicholas Holt, Nicholas Holt and David Sweaty Corn are the two. <laughs> oh, good. We're off to a good start uh, with this. Uh, for Superman and then Emily, Emma Mackey and Rachel, uh, how do you say her name? Broham is are the leads for. Rosnahan? Oh, uh, yeah. Are the leads for Lois. But it was funny because like. All the fans, every I keep seeing. Oh, Classy said he's coming back for Avengers, meaning Star Lord. I keep seeing posts everywhere on fan sites and social media. They really want this the sweaty corn guy, and it's funny. I showed a picture of him to my girlfriend, and she said, "Oh, I just thought that was a young Henry Cavill." So he like, looks like Henry Cavill, but he looks like Superman. You know what I'm saying? Superman is very specific. Exactly. Look. He looks yeah. leaner, but he could certainly muscle up, which he probably right. should if he's going to play Superman. I showed a picture. I showed my brother-in-law, the, this guy, and he said he was 
too handsome. That's not a thing for Superman. That's not a thing in Hollywood. Yeah. No, uh, I don't know. It almost yeah. makes sense to me for some reason. I don't know. If he bulks up, maybe, but it's just, he looks more like, you don't want a Superman that just looks like a model. Have you seen Henry Cavill? Yeah, but Henry, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, he's got a more rugged, he doesn't look like a high a, a runway model. That's a dude. That is a handsome say, dude. You could say the same thing about Christopher Reeve as well. He was Christopher Reeve was a handsome True. dude. Yeah. Oh, I just recently saw something. I thought this was cool. I'd never heard this before. He was super skinny when he auditioned to be Superman. Yeah. That he actually wore a bulky sweater because he knew they would look at him and say he was too skinny. So he wore a bulky sweater. And then when he got the role, he's like, oh, I guess I got to put muscle on. And he put all, a bunch of muscle on to play the character. So You know who he lifted weights with? David Prowse. Oh, uh, Vader, Vader himself. Yes. Yep. Classic says, I don't care who they cast as long as the movie is good. Yeah. We all want that. That sort of does hinge on who they cast. I also find it interesting is not that this matters too much. They made this big deal about wanting to go younger. And again, he's the front runner. He's 29 currently. So he'll be in his early 30s, which. That's fine. That's fine because that is the typical Superman age. But do you know how old Christopher Reeve was when he played Superman? 26. Was he that young? Yes. Wow. Wow. He looked older. Yeah. Yeah. He carried himself older, too. Yeah. So well, he was a very accomplished actor. So, yeah. Yeah. He was 26 when he shot Superman. So it was like, okay. So I thought that's the direction they were going with this. But it's now, nah, let's keep the, the early 30s. Younger is Jorgen from For Cheaper. Or Jargon for yeah. Cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Kassan's not wrong. But also, you've got the Deadpool angle of you needed a 20-something unknown actor to carry the franchise for 10 to 12 years. Yes. Yeah, he's right. That's The guy looks all right to me. I think it's good to get away from Henry Cavill. If this is the right guy, like, I think it's good to not... I like Henry Cavill, but I think having a fresh start is probably best for everyone right now. Fair enough. Well, we'll have to see how he does it. Like, again, Henry, the problem with Henry Cavill was he was given horrible scripts and terrible direction. Absolutely. Like he could have done so much better. Absolutely. No argument for me. And it's also DC. So, you know, Henry Cavill's probably that version of Superman's still out there somewhere. Yeah. They've right. got the multiverse. They could always go back to that. <laughs> Zack Snyder won't stop talking about ever. He just won't stop talking ever. He's <laughs> talking. So, so and people keep so, putting a microphone in front of him for crying out loud. Uh, no. He had his Talks. Snyder con over this past weekend. Snyder con. All right. Yes. Continue. And of course, at the convention, I figured since this is what's going on, this this triggered me. He basically said, what you need to do to make Superman work is make him have problems. No shit. My whole take on Superman is, my intention is not that Superman's angry. It's more that he is troubled by Earth. Because Earth is problematic to him. Snyder explained, the whole idea of Superman is this iconographic form the potential is that he doesn't have any problems. He's a god on Earth and can pretty much do whatever he wants. And we don't have a lot to say about it, which is Lex's problem with him. Batman's problem with him. So for <laughs> Superman to work, to make him have problems. Okay, here's the thing. That can be so taken out of context. And I get what Snyder is saying here. Is the source of all, and this is true, the source of drama is conflict. 
right? Characters have to be in conflict or else what are we doing? Like, why are we watching? My hair is a mess. My characters are, need to constantly, there needs to know that is the source of drama, especially in- No, yeah, but the conflict doesn't have to be two characters. It's man versus man, man versus himself, or man versus nature, or- But in reality, the story that resonates the most typically is man versus man, or man versus some type of antagonist. Superman, like, Superman fighting the forces of nature- not going to do much. He's, we, uh, yeah, we've already tried that one. It's It was called Superman Returns. And that's the thing. is, So he does have to have problems. Like Superman is – a lot of what Snyder says is accurate. Superman is a god amongst Earth, but he's the best of us. He could rule us with an iron fist, but he doesn't. So in that, there are issues with it. And again, the humanity does frustrate Superman because he is better than us. But therein lies the source of conflict, right? You, it's Superman, Lex Luthor is a natural conflict. So he does have to have problems, right? Everyone has problems. That's humanity. That, that is the source of drama is some type of conflict. So without conflict, what are we watching? We need conflict. So he's not wrong. And the problem is how he chose to execute it when he had the opportunity, like having him break Zod's neck. That's just because that's what he wanted to do. It's not just that. It's like your conflict can't be only with yourself who wants to watch an angsty superman working yeah, through agree. his issues like you you need to give him an actual antagonist they tried with they've tried let's be like they tried the problem with zod is that it was too early for the kryptonian invasion story we didn't get comfortable with one kryptonian let alone an army of kryptonians and luther and was a <laughs> it didn't it just didn't work like eisen eisenberg that's the kid's name was an interesting choice for luthor because then you get the guy who played Mark Zuckerberg playing Lex Luthor. I thought that's interesting, but it just didn't work. Like it just didn't, yeah. it just didn't work. They made a hybrid of Luthor Lots. and what's and, and what's crazy guy. The Joker. Joker. Yeah. But that also I mean, that's to, literally what it was. Yeah. He wasn't very, he wasn't very Lex Luthor. That yeah. goes you know? back to what he was saying. And, and yes, Obviously, the heart of drama is conflict, but you're right. To have Superman show up at the same time an army shows up on this planet, and yet you also haven't seen Superman be a hero yet. You didn't know how to be. He's learning. And then, and it's like, yeah, no one on Earth should have ever trusted him. It, it makes no sense. Luther, Luther and Batman are justified in their thoughts about Superman. Yeah. They're justified. Now it's on Super. This The conflict is Superman proving to the rest of us of why he's worthy of being Superman. That's it. That's the story. That's a great Superman movie. Not maybe not great, but that's the. I think that's the great basis for a Superman movie. Right, right. there is Luthor turning people against this alien coming down, and Superman that's, having to win us over. That makes sense. And that's something that Luthor would do because Luthor it would. Do, he would do. He would yeah. engage in character assassination in order to take mm -hmm. down this person that he yeah. thought was an enemy. And then, but, and then Superman being Superman overachieves and wins. Wins people over, wins hearts and minds. All right, let's hold that thought for a second. Let's take a quick commercial break. Oh, Lord. And then we'll talk a little bit more about what we need, what Superman needs. Some podcasts are like this. Sorry, wrong, wrong ad. Uh, You're scared of me because you can't control me. But that doesn't mean I'm your enemy. The noise. That's what I'm worried about. My son is twice the man you love. No! 
Rated PG-13. Experience it in IMAX 3D. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah, it's still not Superman. Him Superman that, falling into an ocean of skulls is just not that, Superman. That commercial exemplifies everything you shouldn't do with Superman. 100%. 100%. <laughs> one of the reasons I picked it. It's like they did on, was it Channel Awesome? The Nostalgia Click, when they reviewed that movie, it's like in the background, they just had a, a constant loop of, I am Jesus, I am Jesus. Because all Jesus, like iconography, with him falling out into space like the, like this, it's just, it was just. It's yeah. funny too, because he was a character created by two Jewish men who was very clearly a Moses past it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why I like Man of Steel. Classes is why I like Man of Steel, despite its flaws. Like, it's a great looking trailer. I can't argue that. I actually think Russell Crowe is probably the best thing about the whole movie. I really do think that. He's actually pretty good as Jarrell. I don't know why Krypton became the planet from Avatar for a minute. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why the technology, yeah. technology is based around that little pin thing that you play with as a kid where you put your hand in the pin and you put your face. And they think that's all the Kryptonian technology is based around that for some reason. But. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just never felt like Superman. And it's not on Henry Cavill. Henry well, Cavill's out there trying to be charming, but he's got to murder people. It's uh, it's funny, too, because that's also one of the things that, even though Russell Crowe is good in the role that he's given, it's one of the issues I've had with the movie from from when I even first saw it. And it's funny. I heard this talked about, I think I, I could be wrong, and Randy's not watching <laughs> this week. I think it was Colt 45 that pointed this out. It's, it's that typical adopted kid or kid with a stepdad fantasy who doesn't know his real father's fantasy of, oh, Krypton dad is better than Earth dad. My real dad's better than you. There is a little bit of that, though, in Superman. And it's not the first time that's been explored. Smallville did that, too. Yeah. I don't mind that part of it because, again, he is, Clark is this character of two worlds where you have Superman and you... Ooh. Where you have Superman and you have Clark, Sorry, and they're the ba- I know you threw me off, and you have the balance betwixt the two. So I don't hate that idea of him having those kind of feelings. I just hate the execution. Yeah, like Jonathan Costner sitting there. They go, no, stay there. Sorry, I don't, no, I did that on purpose. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Costner. Yeah. I, I let, I'm going to let this tornado suck me up on purpose, and we will never have how they that casting. I'll never know. They made yeah. Ray Kinsella in Glad. What is this? Maximus Decimus Meridius, his father's, and somehow blew it. <laughs> I'll never pretty much how you could cast him because you look at that cast, right? You look at that cast and you go, "This is a Superman cast." Henry Cavill, great on paper. It's Russell Crowe, that's Jarrell, sure. Kevin Costner, oh my God, Ray Kinsella, perfect for Jonathan Kent. Diane Lane, God. Martha Kent, genius casting. Amy Adams, great Lois Lane. This should all work. And then you put it together and you're like, why is Superman killing people? Why are millions of people? <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> Why are there so many bodies? <laughs> yeah, that's it, the, the body count was just too high for a Superman. Yeah, Frost says, yeah, Russell and the Army General guy are really good in the movie. Yeah, yeah, he's good too. I agree with that. Like, the problem in the movie isn't performances. It isn't like the acting. The problem in the movie is David goddamn Goyer and Zack Snyder. I wish Ray mm-hmm. was here. Hell, even in Dragon Ball Z, every time they're about to fight, the very first thing all the characters do is, like, can we find like a wasteland or 
a tundra where we can go fight where there's less people. Like, like well, Superman would, would never have okay, let I, that go on. No, I agree. He would have grabbed him and they'd flown to the moon. They'd have fought on the moon because that's what Superman would do. And it's just... Kassan says, why is denigrating... Why is it denigrating to have Superman have eternal conflict over his status as God or man? Does even the question make people uncomfortable? I think the question does make people feel uncomfortable because I do steer to thank you Jonathan Cost. I am it's not a bad name I do think the idea of having a, a character question his status as a god is uncomfortable for people and maybe not the topic to explore with Superman specifically because I don't know if that audience really wants with a carrot with a Superman pestish character yeah you can do that I think Superman questioning his place in the world like how he can have these godly powers and exist i think that's fine yeah we got 10 seasons of it in smallville that's pretty much the whole thing i think that's a good thing to have i think again there's tons of there's tons of built-in conflict it's her internal conflict and external conflict with superman superman's got lots of problems we don't have to have him murder people that was a different problem all right so that's what i'm gonna say like i wanted to try to say what do we want to see in a superman movie what are some of the key things you feel like they need to get right and what are some of the Obviously, we're talking about some of them now. Some of the horrible mistakes we've seen in the past that we don't want repeated. And I was going to say, I'll even go first. I feel like if you don't get the core of Superman, don't even bother. I agree. And I feel like the pro- part of the problem is, unfortunately, in all of the current movies, especially Marvel, it's very much like the character got their powers and then they learned the grave lesson. And it's what drove them to be a hero and batman lost his parents and it's what drove him to be come the hero that he is that's most of the heroes <laughs> but where superman it was he was raised by good salt of the earth people who had strong moral foundation and said you were put here for a reason and you should help people with your powers and that's that worked it worked in the 70s it's worked in the comics for decades but for some reason when we came to man of steel it's nah let's just make it so that the other aliens show up and threaten the earth so then he has to come out and do something i think there are i think there's a lot of people that are uncomfortable with the concept of superman because they think that superman cannot exist in a world where we have Batman because Batman is cool. And so people fear that Superman is the boy scout and there's no appeal to the boy scout. And I disagree with that. Classes is Naruto and Superman have the same origin story. I love both characters. I don't know enough about Naruto. I'll take your word for it. If they want, and he goes, if you want a realistic Superman, look at the boys who just add more Republicans and Democrats debate over Superman. Not going to touch that one. Wish I didn't read it. Yeah. And not only that, no, we don't want a realistic Superman. We don't, I don't either. Boys. I don't think that Superman should necessarily be because Batman's not realistic about a play about a who dresses up like a bat and should die somehow. Batman is far more unrealistic than Superman. Consensus, but Superman had his whole planet destroyed. He had to understand he's a strange land and he was and he's superior and must align himself to prove the average person. Yeah, I agree. I, I there is a lot to that too, and I think that. For Superman, a lot of that stuff is figured out with him before he's Superman, which is why I think the Smallville origin story is particularly interesting. Is him real like do you guys hey Dave, you're throwing up these questions too fast, man? I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to answer one. Um and I just I have AD. I'm gonna read the thing that's on the screen. I think that it's interesting to explore that 
but I, I don't think I want a whole movie about that. I don't know. Maybe right. I do. I have to see. I have to see it execute. I have to see it in execution. No, but, but you're right. We got ten years of exploring that in Smallville. Like, okay. give us the first ten minutes of him exploring it somehow. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I just want to see it done. I, I'm okay with any kind of conflict. I don't hate the idea of him exploring his role in the world. I don't think Superman should think of himself as a god, though. Because the moment yeah. you think of yourself as the moment you start to think of yourself as a god, you you let your grip but, on humanity. Slip. And again. It, that's also why the first the original movie works so well because what does he call himself a friend he doesn't mm-hmm. say he's a god yeah because mm-hmm. he wouldn't superman sh- doesn't view himself like that frosty do you guys want to think or want an origin story i have a debate with my friends all the time whether anyone or not i could go either way on this gun has said they're not doing an origin story because they they don't need one i think an origin story for superman is is good i think it's okay to do another one and i'd be fine with it I, again, you said, what do you want from a Superman movie? I cooked up a four. When I was in my 20s, I cooked up a four-part four, arc, a four part Superman movie in my head and wrote it all down. So in my head, can I have what I think would be a great Superman series. Like I would be Clark being more active. I would like to see Clark being a journalist investigating and being thrust into having to become Superman. Like I think that the big problem with DC Comics in general is we don't lean on the alter ego enough and the Clark Kent character is interesting. And the fact that he has to be, he has to balance this different aspects of himself to not let, to not slip into the potential Godhood. That's what I like to see. I would like to see inter my, to me, everyone watched Smallville. I assume yeah, that's fair. Not, it's been Smallville's been off the air for like 13 years now. So I'm not opposed to that. I would like to see super Clark Kent investigating like intergang. Like there's something going on that brings Clark Kent to Metropolis and he's being a, and that immediately puts him into conflict with Lois Lane, who would be yeah. for the planet. That's what I would like to see. And this forces him to have to become Superman. That's my headcanon of what would work. John, you're being quiet. Mom, I'm, I'm trying not to interrupt. He's, he's on a roll. So I was, I'm very know. passionate about your subject. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's good. Superman. I think it's I think it's perfectly easy to have Superman, Clark Kent, explore what his place is in the universe while he's having conflict with an actual antagonist. Yeah. There's no reason not to have both at the same time. And if they could just, what we need as an origin story is an origin story with a more canonized version of the origin story with Lex Luthor. I think we could do another Lex Luthor, I think, and have what? No, I was going to say, I think you're right. And I think that's something that actually could have made Man of Steel work if they yes. showed him having more of a conflict about being Kryptonian versus human in his con- in his conversations with. But they they just made it like Zod's the mustache crawling bad guy and Superman's got to stop him. The problem yes, is that I will that, find him. The problem with Zack Snyder is he talks about his movies like they're so deep. And realistically, they're not. Like, he no. thinks he writes these things about these super deep and introspective characters. Like, the movie we were writing was just too heavy for people. And Zod's going, I will find him! <laughs> yes. And Clark Kent's falling into a sea of skulls. There's no subtlety in there whatsoever. And I'm not saying yeah. I need Superman to be super subtle, but you got to realize the movie you're making. Like, the movie yeah. you're and- making is not the movie you think you're, that you think we're watching. Yeah, and I really hate to go keep going back to the swell, but... Bruce Tim did a perfect yeah. introduction of of Lex Luthor over there was one main episode and then a couple of other episodes that could be easily made into a movie that introduced Lex Luthor as 
the big corporate guy who also hates Superman for almost justifiable reasons. Like you guys said, like he, new guy with godlike powers, you, you got to be. But then also introduce Lex's own shortcomings and his personal feelings of infor- inferiority. And that is a perfect driver of conflict between him so and Superman. Like, if you look at, if you look at like, there's lots of different versions of Luthor. Lots. Yeah. My favorite yeah. version of Luthor is the one who's the self-made billionaire, right? The guy who pulled himself up and turned himself, worked really hard, turned himself into this billionaire. He's a genius. And Murdered his parents. <laughs> yeah. And like, but this is the way he sees it. And then like, he he becomes like super successful, and then this alien shows up with all these superpowers that no matter what, none of us can none of us can do, and that's like super relatable for a villain. I find Lou the most relatable, even though he's a billionaire, one of the most relatable villains just in terms of his psyche. Like yeah. he hates Superman specifically because he cannot be him, and there's just jealousy there. Right. And it's right. so p- and simple. Right. I don't like you because you're different and you're better than me and I can't buy it and I can't build it and I hate it. And it's so right. It's so simple. It's so simple. That, and it's so human. Michael Rosenbaum's was the best. Luther. That one comment by was it by Bruce Wayne in the Zack Snyder movie? If there is a 1% chance that he could be bad, then we have to do something about him. Like that that yeah, would, that, that that's a Lex Luthor thought. That's a that's Lex a Luthor line, not a Batman line. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, okay, but the and I like okay, this is the line between Batman and Lex Luthor is very right. thin. Yes. A bad day for Batman be Luthor. Batman has way more, and I think Bruce realizes this. He has way more in comics than he has with Clark. Yeah. All right. Without Alfred, Bruce Wayne could be Lex Luthor. Kassan says, and how is Superman immune to ego? Does Krypton have something in the water that eliminates ego? No, um, no his upbringing. His, yeah, his, his upbringing. I think there's his canonical it, upbringing. Yeah. I think there's maybe three points to this. Exactly. His upbringing is an important thing. I think him realizing he has the power to obliterate anyone he meets makes him realize, like, oh, I've got to put this in check. And, and his I parents instilling like, empathy into him. I also I kind think, of feel like in trying to avoid sounding like an old man on saying, get off my lawn, but I think we live in a society that's becoming more and more egocentric. And I think it's hard for people to look past. There's this idea, I've said this before, there's this idea of wanting to bring heroes down to our level, where the idea should be, no, he's something we aspire to. Like that's, Superman was the alpha I, hero that everyone should be aspiring to. I think that's the conflict of the movie, to be honest with you. That should be the conflict of the movie is like Luthor and society is trying to bring him down to us and he's trying to elevate us because that's really that's really what Superman is. And I don't think it's a bad I think there's something that I think there's something in Clark that I almost think as a kid, something again, headcanon here happened where like he realized young, I could do a lot of damage and i think it scares him to go too I th- far i think it's done well in the first movie when he kicks the super the football and into orbit right mm-hmm. and I, this is even done on smallville it's been done over and over again and it's yeah you could easily be the star quarterback but to what end yeah but he wasn't like smallville like smallville was a lot like the burn super where yeah. like Clark did play football he just held back because he wanted to feel normal that's true. Okay. Like, Let's go to the original movie. Like 
again, the point is to what end? What's it going to gain humanity? Like you're here for a higher purpose. What's mm-hmm. it going to gain humanity if you go and use your powers to be a superstar? Because you want to be, because you want to feel like a human. And there again, there, there is conflict right there. Right. And there's moments where there's moments where you, Jonathan and Clark can have give and take Jonathan. Okay. You can play football. Okay. He I had to make a touchdown and I accidentally crippled the kid. And then he has to live with stuff like that. That is how I think Kassan says, I think the fear of not addressing human flaws of Superman makes him elevated above humanity. The simple avoidance makes him godly. I don't want heroes unrelatable. I understand that. And I don't think it is unrelatable. I think that having him make mistakes and because here's the thing with Superman he cannot make a mistake. Imagine, think of it as a parent, right? Relate this is like to a parent. I have a kid. Any mistake I make with my son is going to have a negative impact on his psyche for the rest of his life. Right. I did not, when the dog died, when Wicket died two years ago, we did not tell him mom was taking Wicket to the vet to get him put to sleep. We said, say goodbye to Wicket because we didn't want him. He was four or he was five. I didn't think he could handle it. Consequently, yeah. he's terrified of this new dog, something terrible happening to a new dog. He does not like letting a dog out of his sight. My mistake as a parent, I have now, because of my mistake to try to take pain away from my kid, I have done nothing but mess him up. That is, that is again, that's a relatable thing. So I can relate to Superman who has to, who, if he screws up with humanity, bad things are going to happen. And there's a weight in that. There's a very relatable weight to that kind of a burden. But isn't, the point you're making by Jonathan Kent in Man of Steel letting the tornado kill him is the idea of I'm shielding my son from possible pain and issues by him revealing himself. So I'll kill myself instead of letting him have any kind of I un- pain. And I actually understand why they wrote that and thought it was going to work. But it just did not work. Because he told his son, you go back under there and I'll go get the dog. No, you tell your indestructible son to go there. And if he survives, it's, oh, it's a miracle. And it's a Bible vault. So it'll be like, oh, praise Jesus. That's all you take. (laughs) Now you're being, now you're being, I think (laughs) done in the first movie when Jonathan has the heart. And they did it in Smallville too. He has a heart attack. He can't say. Then learning that there is a, I can't do everything. That was a good that it was, was perfect. Yeah, destiny. it was because he couldn't save him. And I, all said, my power, and I couldn't let save him. Exactly. Hey, dog. That works so well. That's the lesson. Yeah. Yeah, that's the lesson. I get what they wanted to do something that was a little bit more exciting, a little more visual. Now, he could have been trying to save him, or he could have saved our 20 kids, and then dad died. And the lesson is I can't save everyone. Yeah. Exactly. Right, there's more effective ways to do it that aren't necessarily turning up the angst. And angst is easy to write. It's mm-hmm. easy to be like, yeah, angst, pain, darkness. It's easy to write that. It's harder you know, to write my biggest, You're talking about that scene, and my biggest problem with that scene is that you it is the no man's land scene from Wonder Woman. The impossible. Like, if, you, the impossible. If, if you are a hero inside. When you see somebody in pain or about to die, everything goes away. Your body moves of its own accord. You have to save that person. Yeah, That's not Superman. He's not Superman if he did not do everything in his power to save his father. No matter what his father said, you, a real hero can't stop themselves from trying to help somebody. And let's not forget that marketing people 
and studio execs did not want that scene in Wonder Woman because yeah. it's yeah, exactly. because it comes off because we are so jaded that we think of heroes as corny. Like the scene in Spider-Man 2 where he's holding the trains back, right? That's a great hero thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard, but we get this in our head. And in the first Frosty's and in the first movie can't be a world ending antagonist. I agree with that too, because where do you go? How do you elevate the stakes? How do you right. elevate the stakes from the apocalypse? I completely so, agree with that. Here's the thing I want to say about that, though. That's why I brought the comment up. Is that, yes, but even in the first 1978 Superman movie, it wasn't world-ending, but it was pretty dang destructive what Luther was doing. It you was know? Pers- but it was personal. That's why mm. it worked for that one. Yeah. It was, and right. it didn't. It was really corny. Like he turned. Oh yeah, of that, corny. We all I, know I, that. I love that movie, but the ending is such a cop out. It's a giant cop out, right? He turns back, he runs, he flies so fast, the planet spins back. Even in Superman, and again, I love character, you know me, character over everything. Like, sure, okay, but I think it's I think it's a cop-out to this day. I don't, and again, That's because they were trying to finish stakes, it. It gets rid it of does. all the stakes. It does. If yeah. you could turn back the hands of time, why What's do we point? do anything? I'll just keep, I'll just keep mm-hmm. doing it. And then he did it again, really, in the downer cut of Superman 2. It's my yeah. one thing I hate about Superman, the motion picture. I hate the ending. I really do. Classy points out that because this is from earlier that we live in a cynical world we do live in a exactly cynical world. that and yeah. that's the conflict that is the conflict we live in a cynical world and superman is trying to break that that is the conflict of it yes well, superman Superman. sorry superman is the is the icon the one you yeah. look towards when you're feeling cynical he's the one he's he's the rally point for the human race that's the whole mm-hmm. point of him he's he's the one that you turn to when you're feeling lost. Right. That's the, the little, whole point of Superman. The little kid tying the towel around his neck to want to be yep. something. That's him. Andy's super into Luke right now. And that's Luke, right? He's the guy yeah. who does the impossible, right? He mm-hmm. epitomized that great. Kassan, heroes, that ex- for heroes that exemplify their character is awesome. Heroes that are infallible are not approaches. I love No Man's Land. That does not eliminate the need. I don't understand what this thing of no... I never said there need, doesn't need to be internal conflict. I think internal conflict is something that drives all characters. I, it, at no point of us not advocate for Superman to have any internal conflict. Like, I don't yeah, think... I just to- don't think... I don't think Superman should think of himself as a god. Then he's not right. human. And the super, Superman needs to be human he needs to think he's human because if he doesn't think he's human he's dark side which is why dark side works as like dark side works as a grand tank of superman because he's what superman could be unchecked yeah luthor works for a great as a grand tank of superman because luthor is what humanity can be unchecked right so yeah. superman has to find a balance to not be that is the that is internal conflict it's it, it, for me it's superman, it's the moment of superman saying i could do this easy and i could do it better than you but i'm not gonna but you need to see that and i agree there should be internal conflict and no one's saying superman isn't infallible and this is where i think there's this fallacy about the character that he is the boy scout that he is infallible he's not infallible he just has to he cannot allow himself to screw up and there's weight there's pressure in that it's hard to live up to that responsibility that is the conflict and you and you can get internal conflict very easily by having external conflict because that's what drives you to look into yourself. I'm going to I'm going to hit it again and hit it again. Donner Donner I think Oops, got it. You hit right. it again. Donner did it right and it's something that I have we haven't seen often since then is Clark Kent and Superman felt like two different characters in the original Superman movies, right? No. 
Clark Kent, he, this is the Silver Age Superman where Clark Kent, where Kal-El pretends to be a Clark Kent. There's like three different guys. Running. There's Superman, there's the Clark Kent, and there's the dude who grew up in Kansas. That's the guy. That's Superman, right? Because when he's Superman, when he's in the costume, he's doing this. And when he's Clark Kent, he's doing this. But then you get the little moments in between where you get the real guy. So it's almost like he's playing three roles in that movie, okay. right? Because there's a weird balancing act in that movie. But I was going to say, I think... It's a weird, it's weird moments like after they do the flying scene and there's that whole weird Lois Lane poem. She Can says, you read my mind? Oh, yeah. God. Um, it is, there's times it's kind of the but 70s, then he, man. Yeah, but then he comes, he comes to the door as Clark Kent and they're going to go out on a date. And she's, oh, let me just get my coat or whatever. And she's in the other room and he takes off his glasses and straightens up and it's like, Good he's, confl- he's conflicted. Like, I want to mm-hmm. tell her the truth now. But then decides, no, this isn't right. This isn't the right time. So, yes, it, there you go. There you are going, showing conflict without him saying, I'm a god and I'm conflicted on taking over the world. That's okay, because we got to get him on the show sometime. <laughs> it's to be a lot easier just to talk. That's my point, J.D., but the classic Superman doesn't have any flaws to overcome. Everything is external. Even the emotional conflicts result from external. Okay, yeah, if we're talking about 1960, that is the Silver Age Superman. That has not been the case of the character in the comics since Julie Schwartz took over editing the book in 1968. And that has not been the character of Superman in the books at any point since then. Like, he spent more time as a layered character with some nuance and some struggle than he spent as the super God, which was only done because that's what the code wanted. That's what the comic code wanted him to be. Yes. So they had to write him to that. And it's like uh, still define him. We, if you watch George Reeves, Superman, George Reeves, Superman from the show, he took no guff from nobody. He was whooping gangsters ass and he was outsmarting mm-hmm. people. And his Clark Kent was hard nosed journalist. Like, that George Reeves Superman was not the Silver Age Superman, but for some no. reason we've let that, the guy who could spin the earth on his fingers, because that's all the code will allow him to be the definitive version of the character. And the Christopher Reeves Superman is not a guy who doesn't have internal conflict. He's full of it. He literally fights himself in the third movie. Let's not talk <laughs> about that again. Classy wants to start a fight. <laughs> Superman 3 is great. I suggest you go into your downloads and review and listen to the episode where we reviewed Superman 3 and almost died. George <laughs> Reeves was the shit. He, I use super underrated, man. Superman yeah. stuff is fun. And George Randy. Superman would slap Lois for not making a sandwich fast enough. Oh, hey, Randy. Oh, my Sierra. God, yeah. I should have really wrote that. There's some truth to that. It was, in fact, the 1950s. Yes. Yeah, if you read Men the early not. Superman comics in the 40s and 50s, yeah. That dude he, was breaking. That dude, the 30s Superman was throwing dudes off of buildings and like punching people in the face with superpowers. And he was. He uh, was very sexist towards Lois, too. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Well, it was the 50s. But, lo- but at the same time, at the same time, Lois is not the damsel in distress in those. Right. She gets herself in trouble, but she gets herself in trouble. Yeah. For a character in the 30s, Lois Lane has a shit ton of urgency and a lot of character. Like those Fleischer cartoons, she's oftentimes some of the best parts about him character-wise. Like, she's such a unique character in that era. So, she has one. So there's a good question. Yeah, How do you make Lois Lane work today? Is like I, We all liked Amy Adams. Do we want that version of Lois? The, define the, define what you mean by yeah because hard the, the, nose takes will take a yes, chance that's my as, as amy a adams was a wet blanket in no in no disagree i thought she was good yeah 
I don't think they gave what did they give her? They gave her to look for a bullet that was supposedly Superman used to kill people. It's like, yeah, why would snuck, you even bother doing that? It's like she snuck onto the she snuck onto the Kryptonian ship and was doing some investigating. She's only there, by the way, to give her something to do. So you can call that bad writing. I won't argue. Yeah, yeah. But she's yeah, doing that, that's something. the problem. She has agency, right? She's doing things, she's active. Yeah, not, but after that, enough. they put her in the background. After that, she was sent off to the farm, basically. I I like the animated Dark Justice Superman, especially when he lost his powers from the Kryptonian tattoo. I really saw him overcome his internal conflict. I never saw it. Can't comment. Oh, that. that was a really good one. And it involves another Flashpoint, too, apparently. But it was, yeah, Dark Justice, it, it, the animated show. It was the second animated Dark Justice. Yeah. Dark Justice League one. It, it, that is what, probably one of the best animated movies they've put out. I like You Lois should see it. The, it's awesome. I, I like Lois from the new show. I like Clark yeah. from the new show. I hate their kids, so I couldn't wa- keep watching the new show. <laughs> if it was Agreed. just the two of them, the, the two dumbasses, the two dumb shit kids, and the one who goes, and I just want to. I, I Man, that first 15 minutes of the pilot, I was like, they nailed him. This is Superman. <laughs> this is great. By the end of the show, I was like, I never want to watch this again. In real life, in the first 15 minutes, those kids would either kill somebody or just out Superman right there. Like, Classy's got a nice suggestion here. Instead of a reporter, she's a web blogger, podcast, tell the truth about truth. That's pretty much what it, that's pretty much what she would be today. That's more of a 20, I can't say 21st century, but a 2020s version say, of what Lois would be. I agree with that. She's freelanced. How many real reporters are there still or is it most people who just read the news that we know of that on tv there's like, very few mm-hmm. places yeah there's very yeah it Lois, would be like a, a youtube that's why Lo- people like superheroes speak because we tell the truth here's the thing about what lois would be lois would be somebody who used to work for one of the networks okay, Jonah. Lo- Yo, lois would be somebody who used to work for one of the big publications one of the big networks and had to like commit compromises because of corporate interests. And then she left and has her own sub stack now. Because she couldn't that's, stand it anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's Lois Lane. And she would totally be that. That's a great idea. Who is that classy that suggested that? Yes. That's yes. a good one. I like that. That's solid. Because the publishing industry is dying. Lex would have bought the Daily Lex did buy the Daily Planet numerous times in the comics in the mm-hmm. comics universe. Yeah. I have says have Lois work for twenty four hour news channel owned by Luther. It's, it's that's happened, and that would be a great that would be a great plot point. Oh my god! So that's what it is. Clark would have his own deal. Lois works for the Luthor thing. There's conflict, and then she leaves at the end. There you go. Boom, bang. That's genius. See, what's really funny is everything these guys are suggesting. Oh yeah, no, that's happened a couple of times already. And it, it's all good, but it's never happened in mainstream. Never happened in the movies. See, that's the thing. There's great stuff that comes like Cassandra. She's forced to spell misinformation about Superman and other superheroes. Yeah, it's perfect. Like she isn't would be that, an instant foil to Superman. Isn't, isn't that Jay Jonas Jameson in the Daily? Yeah, Bible? exactly. So, yeah. I got yeah, but, the Spider-Man. Okay. Here's the difference, though. Here's the difference. Lois is pretty. <laughs> that changes it. That changes the dynamic immediately. That totally changes the dynamic on television. I'm going to be that guy right now. Fox News hires a lot of good-looking blondes to deliver their information. That's the truth. That could easily be Lois. And there's conflict in that where she has to change her morals a little bit. There's, there's great, man. James Gunn, I know you're not listening. I know you've got your own script, but there's some good stuff going Nobody says that Lois can't chats. learn a lesson, too. Who else would like to get money from Super Chats and Fan Support? Superheroes speak, which you can donate Super Chats. I just don't know how. I don't think we have that set up yet. We can't monetize yet. We got him on Fight Game and didn't even know how the hell we did it either. Once we got oh. Super Chats, we're like, how did this so happen? Need, Nobody can figure it out. We need a certain number of people, though, first, right? We have enough subscribers at this point. We do. Yeah. 
So oh, if you know how to send it, super chat, send it to us because we need money. Yeah. <laughs> or, or yeah, look, John can't even We've afford been, a seat. He's sitting in, on the floor. I know, right? I have nothing to sit on. <laughs> it's very hard for my, my butt hurts. <laughs> send me money. Randy says the conflict of Lois staring at the bleach bottle in her hand to change her identity. There's something there, man. There's something there. I actually, I get what he's saying. I, there's something there. I like all this. Dave, I, we had no show planned really for this week. And talking about Superman always gets me going. Yeah, that's why I did it. Good plan. <laughs> we cannot have Lois with an OnlyFans. That's a great joke, though. Oh, God, no. That's <laughs> a great joke. You could have an OnlyFans. You could have a Patreon, but not an OnlyFans. Yes, but that's a good joke that Jimmy can make. <laughs> you could have an OnlyFans. I'll take pictures. See, it writes itself. Oh. That's it. See, but that's a joke that Jimmy Olsen would make. I think we're straight right. now. Ah, I think it's genius. All right, all right. So the villain, do we do Lex? Yeah. If you do him right, yeah. Lex. But, and as right. an interesting, you don't need to have five different villains. You just need Lex. That's all you need. If he's written well, that's all Superman needs. Because there again, like the best way to challenge Superman would be intellectually. You take a hostage. You don't tell them where the hostage is and you keep the hostage on the other side of the planet or on the moon somewhere where, you know, Superman is going to find him in five minutes or five days. Okay. You so know? Randy's suggesting Brainiac. And I think that, I think the best for personally, I think the best version of Brainiac is Bruce Timm's Brainiac, the computer that ran Krypton. Right. And I love the idea that, that Brainiac basically helped pro advance the destruction of Krypton so that it could scan it all and and then keep everything and move on and it's been so doing it could that. save krypton it that was save the whole it. point yeah save, save krypton and save all these other planets mm-hmm. by saving them so ai yeah yeah no, <laughs> that's no you could 100 you could do ai and i think that is i think that is a good sequel villain i think that you gotta I, in my humble opinion you go let you go lex brainy then Zod's then Zod. That's what I would do. You need to work up to that. That and that's like they go too quick. They want they the biggest bang for the buck, and that's the and then dark side. See, I think yeah. we should have Lex Luthor working yeah. with Intergang and Intergang's running guns and uh, running like crazy tech, and they think it's Lex building it, but it turns out it's actually stuff from Apocalypse. And, and do Luthor that for the first aug- two movies. Yeah, yeah. And do that Luthor for the first movies. Augmenting his stuff, like people think he's a genius, but realistically, he's just taking stuff from Apocalypse and like reverse engineering it. That's what I would do. Drew says Superman has the world's most successful OnlyFans, and Clark lives a normal life. <laughs> Could you imagine the size of Superman's dick? Okay. I mean, he's got to have a giant dick. Randy agrees with me. Mm. <laughs> I'd hold Lex for Superman two or three. He's a background character in the first segment. We see. I could see that. I think that could work that way, but there's no guarantee you get a two or three. Yeah. Just steal the Bruce Tim stuff. I agree with you. Just so cop. that's actually a point I wanted to bring up too. Like, <sighs> like we keep talking about the, like, not only do you have all these years of comics, you've got Smallville, you've got the original TV show, you've got the original movies, you've got the, the new adventures of Superman. You've got the new show. You've got you got a lot. The Bruce Tim, like there's a giant, and to find the best pieces and all of that is a great place to start from. Whereas I feel like Zack Snyder went, yeah, I know the basic story, and I don't care about anything that's been done before. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. So I guess here's the question: Is what do you think Gunn is going to do? Something cool, pretty much. <laughs> what Drew said. John wants an R-rated Superman. 
John wants to. It doesn't have to be R rated just to make it R rated. It can. Don't no, not Dean Kane. No, he's out. Oh, you actually um, want an R rated Superman? <laughs> no, I want them to be able to make a Superman story without having to worry about oh PG thirteen whatever. If you look at any every Marvel movie, there is no you can't find blood in any Marvel movie, yeah, right? Because kids, I don't want blood want in a Superman movie that. either. You want to take kids to see a scene, like I, yeah. I mean, I, guess well, I want the superheroes for me, not for the children no, who buy all the stuff. I don't want an R-rated movie. I want them to do a good Superman movie. If it becomes R, fine. If not, that, whatever. But again, they won't do... Yeah, like we were talking about this before, I think you came on. They're not going to do that because they want that demographic of the, was it, 9 to 18-year-old or whatever. Right, There's yeah, no Randy, way they'd ever do that. Randy has a good should, point here. Or should they? What's the most obscure Superman villain? That's what Gunn does. So, like the Terra Man. Oh my God! You're gonna be riding around oh with his cowboy hat. I could actually see Matter Gunn Matter Eater Lad. Oh wait, I don't know if he was. A that's he's the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, you know what? Does give me blood. But no, he just gave me a good idea. Who would be a great villain? Time Vandal Trap. Savage. Vandal Savage would be a good Superman. That's one another one you could work up like to that, as well. Vandal Savage. Yeah. I like Vandal. I like Vandal Savage. The Immortal guy might be. A tricky one right out the gate, but Vandal Savage has a Mr. Mixes. Is that supposed to say Mr. Mixes Spitlick? Is that what you're going for? Mixes I think so. Spitlick. Yeah. Yes. That's a tough one. The fifth dimensional imp. That does not help people who want a more grounded. Yeah, but, but no, the, no, the, but the, not toy man. But the yeah, but the <laughs> the only time that Mixes Spitlick has ever the only time he's ever brought in is almost as a comic foil, right? He's almost yeah. like Q for Superman. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's but, exactly what he. Is. But done as a, but done more comedic. Yeah, than Q. Right. Do you remember the voice? Do you remember the voice of Mister Mixes Spitlick on the Bruce Tim version? No. Who? His Gilbert Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, oh right. He was yeah. out there doing that's the Superman. It was actually perfect. It was actually <laughs> Jafar. Why don't you? Oh wait, sorry, wrong video. Now I'm gonna go back and watch that series because goddamn, was it good? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The reason why it's on my mind is because just before I came and sat down here, the my nephew, my youngest nephew of my sister's brood, he just turned nine. What do I see him turn on the TV just as I'm going? Justice League Unlimited. I'm like, Great oh show. my God, I am so proud. It's <laughs> probably the best, that or Batman. I'm never sure which one. That's probably the best interpretation of a comic I've I think ever. Oh, yeah, um, so much. To bring it back a little bit, though, I do think if we want to capture the idea of a hero journey and him struggling with becoming superman and his place in the world yeah lex is the perfect villain for that i think lex works well as the perfect villain for a first superman movie i really enjoyed mark wade's birthright i think that's something they could i think they i almost think like zack snyder tried to crib from it a little bit but didn't miss the point a lot of it parasite is a classic to parasite is a superman villain i like to see but man, it's more. Yeah, Parasite's cool. He's good for a movie, but again, you could do that while you're building up Vandal Savage in the background or Dark Side or whatever. I, I think he's good for a secondary villain. I don't think he could. I don't think he can be your main antagonist. I don't think he's a driver for a story. Gun may make uh, up a villain. It's possible. I don't think so. I don't think so, but it's possible. Gun is a comic book fan. He's going to pull someone X- out. X Men is the best comic to cartoon. I disagree because the animation sucks. Yeah, and I like the X Men, but then animation style is hard. one of the one of the best theme songs of all time. Yeah, yeah, but but again, Justice Speaking League of, Unlimited mm, can't Speaking beat that. Of also bad animation, there's a lot of weird 
butt shots in that cartoon. X-Men? Yeah. yeah Go back and watch it. It's like the There's ass man. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> hey, man. Uh, Why am I not you can't get too far from Chris Claremont. Chris works through his kinks and his fetishes and his writing big time. I saw a brilliant a, a, a meme on... There's lots of memes. A, on a Superman site. And it was like, God, I can't remember. Basically, it was saying, like, Superman needs to be good for the sake of being good because making him... Shoot, darn it, I can't remember what it was. Now, I wish... Words of Wisdom, Dave. Words of Wisdom, Dave. Oh, God. Darn it, I had it, like, I had it... I, it popped in my head earlier, and now I can't remember. But basically, it was saying, like... And I, I think we've believe... all listened to... Learned a valuable lesson today. It's... <laughs> It's <laughs> I feel enlightened now. <laughs> Sorry. I'm oh my god. <laughs> Basically it was they were talking about how this idea that heroes have to be flawed to be relatable and that him just being good for the sake of being good, people can't relate to that nowadays and i don't know i don't agree with but that. people should relate see that's a like the whole point of here my hero god i know you guys haven't seen the anime my hero academia but midori the main character is the reason why he's given the power of all for one is because they the main hero all might saw him just when there was when the chips were down and somebody was in trouble midoriya's body moved of its own volition to go and help and do something. That's the whole point of being a hero. So you don't need to constantly have the hero killing himself. You just need a good foil for the hero. He can still, and in, in going against some other antagonist, he can also question himself. The antagonist can make him question himself and that's fine. It can all stem from the same thing. Did I make any sense there? Yeah. Yeah. See, I Joe was the worst part in the movie. Okay, Frosty, way off. Okay, topic. so I didn't make any, I didn't make any sense. Okay, <laughs> Mongol be about it, Mongol and Bizarro. You got to set up. You got to set up. Bizarro's down. Bizarro line. Mon- Mongol is it's that's something James Gunn could do because it's he. Would, that's very gun. Mongol is a very yeah. gun character. I like yeah. this. Yeah, black. I could see. I could actually see Gunn doing something Black Mercy. I could see that. Yeah, yeah that would work. Dave, are you familiar with the Black Mercy? Oh my God, the Black Mercy, that's a whole episode in itself. And wow. Oh, whole, so yeah. yeah so the Black Mercy comes from this Alan Moore story called From the Man for the Man Who Has Everything, where yeah. uh, Superman, good. Superman, Wonder Woman, and Robin, or Batman, Robin, and Wonder Woman are trying to figure out what to get Superman for his birthday. They have these gifts and they go there, and someone has beaten them to the punch. Mongol has given Superman the Black Mercy, which is this plant that ra- that envelops itself around you, and it works in your psyche, and it shows you what it thinks is your heart's desire. So it shows Clark what his life would have been like if he stayed on Krypton, and he has a son. The one there's two versions. The Alan Moore version, shocking, is a lot darker. Krypton is a yeah. messed up place, whereas in the Bruce Tim version, Krypton is idealized, and he has it a was son. Still, but the- it but it hurts. was still dark. That it was dark, but it was different. Mm-hmm. The Moore version has like religious zealots in Krypton. It's a lot more mm-hmm. Alan Moore, whereas the Bruce Tim one's a little bit more heartfelt and like it pulls at your heartstrings. But at the end, Superman just rips the mercy off of him, and he's you have no idea what you've done to me. 
Because the thing is, the Black Mercy traps you by giving you mm -hmm. your heart's desire. And in order to get rid of it, in order for me to do it. thinks is your heart's desire, yeah. But in order to get rid of it, you have to turn your back. Like in the Bruce Timm version, he had to turn his back on his family. He had to call them fake. He had to give up that whole life that he yearned for. And can you imagine how a pissed off Superman looks after he'd have to give that up? After he'd have to literally give up his son because it's a son he'll never have. Feel like he's killing his son. Yeah. Feel like he's killing his son in order to get out of the trap. Wow, that was just good. He beat the crap out of him. It was awesome. Classy says, or Metallo, or James. See, Gunn there's so much authority team fighting Superman at the end that leads to the. Authority film that could actually happen because they're trying to figure out how to do that. I can yeah. see that. Not what I would like, but I can see it. There's a lot. Superman's got an underrated rogues gallery, right? Yeah. I could see him. I could see Gunn casting his wife as like a live wire, having that be the villain. <laughs> oh, jeez. <I> <laughs> no, come on. Seriously? No, actually, she'd actually work as live wire, wouldn't she? She would. No, I actually oh, think it's a good casting. Actually, I'm not hating it. I think that would work. I want to see huh. it, but if it happens, I'd be okay with it. What are you starting here? Me. Shit, that's yeah. what I do. I start shit. I, we've you've talked stuff into into reality. Before. Ray's not here. Ray's not here. Only when Ray's here, that has to be. It's like there's two sides to every Schwartz: an upside and a downside. He got the upside. I got the downside. It's <laughs> quoting Spaceballs for you. Randy Philistine. said he'd you watch definitely that don't watch your Schwartz movie. upside down. <laughs> it's not bad. I myself a not a bad idea. I like it to be honest with you. <sighs> yeah. What else she could be? Like I see your Schwartz. She could be Big Barda right. too. She can't be Big Barda. She's short. Oh, is she really short? Okay. She's shorter than John hmm. Cena. Big Barda's like 6'4". Big Barda. Yeah. <laughs> hey, put it on a shirt. Put it on Don't a wear. shirt. I start shit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, uh, I think we could put a pin in this conversation because JD could go all night talking about Oh, Superman. I could talk about Superman forever. I It's one of my favorite things to talk about. I love Superman. Which is one reason why right. comics frustrate me so much. I've come to the point where I realized that I think that periodical comics are just by nature infuriating because you constantly have to create content, right? And in the quest for constantly generating content, you wind up putting out a lot of shit. That's the problem with a lot of media these days. Yeah, I agree. I wonder how strong I'll make Superman. I have no idea. I honestly don't. I feel like they've, they in live action, they've brought his power level down a lot. I think you have to. Uh, yeah. You can't have you can't have the character that juggles planets. That is yeah. hard. That is hard to relate to. Gun should cast his girlfriend as Cat Grant. But oh hey, that's a great idea too, Randy. I like oh, that. Her yeah. as Cat Grant. Yes. Bravo. I like that. Wow. All right. Yeah. Everyone, great ideas tonight. Great conversation. And you know what? If you're watching this right now and you want to make sure that you catch us live every Sunday. Hit that subscribe button, click that bell for notifications, and you'll know when we go live and you can be a part of the intriguing Superman conversations, among other things. Sunday, um, Sunday. All right, let's go around the room. Let's put a pin in this one. Let's say, got either A, any recommendations, or B, did you learn anything on this podcast? And uh, and JD, since you came in late, you can go first. I didn't learn a damn thing. I learned that I just love talking about Superman, but I already knew that. I have a recommendation for everybody. Spaceballs. Andy's going through his Star Wars kick. We're going to Disney World in June. Gonna make a lightsaber. Very excited about this. And uh, as a gag, I we were watching YouTube and I came up with some Spaceballs. He's like, I want to watch this movie. So we watched Spaceballs. A lot of the jokes went over his head, but he still had a good time watching it. And that movie's aged pretty good. 
the stuff that hasn't aged well, just, just the times are different. Mel Brooks can get away with things that people today can't get away yeah. with, but <laughs> it's done with such elegance that it still works. Merchandising. So That's where the yeah, real money merchandise. for the movie is made. It's it's aged pretty good. I highly recommend Spaceballs. Spaceballs, the flamethrower. The kids <laughs> love these. <laughs> he is absolutely fantastic. All right, John. I don't know how much I learned, except that JD starts shit. Don't know what happens you to finish that, that but you knew that. <laughs> but to my recommendation, as always, this time anime. I'm reading Sart right now, but we'll get into that later. I broke down because I'm like caught up with all the latest anime, and I was just desperate for something. So I went back and saw and watched. There's two seasons of Devil as a Part Timer. It is way better than I thought. Originally, a couple of years ago, I tried the first episode and I only got through halfway through it and I thought it was going in one direction and I gave up and I shouldn't have. It's way more fun and way more interesting than I thought. Basically, Devil Part-Timer is the demon lord from another world gets beaten by the hero and he comes to this world, realizes there's no magic and works for basically the McDonald's in Japan. And But you hear that and it doesn't sound interesting, but the hero follows him. And craziness ensues, and it's really worth taking a look at. So there you go. You had me at One Direction because you don't you know. You don't know you're beautiful. Nice. <laughs> oh, wait. Plessy's got one last comment here. Chief, you should read Maha. What's that? Because there was no, there's so much reincarnation stories. I hardly read manga since I'm burnt out from anime manga. I assume you're that's, Chief. That's, yeah, he's DC Apollo Chief DC Apollo. Yeah. Oh yeah, Chief. Okay. Oh, have you looked at my thing lately? Have you read my title? Oh, Chief DC Optimus. Oh, James James Gunn is in charge, man. Until he puts out his first movie, I'm optimistic. Then I'll change it back. His last one was really good, so I feel I'm feeling optimistic too. Yeah. All right. I learned that John wants a bloody, disgusting Superman movie with lots of death. And carnage and cursing and but you can't take a child to. Yes, yeah. But the bees, not the bees, because I don't want. He wants an unrestrained Superman movie, and I'm a little scared. Superman (laughs) just giving it to Lois. (laughs) No, I don't want robot chicken Superman. Thank you very much. (sighs) Frosty says Brightburn. Same thing. Same thing. All right. But seriously, I would recommend, I don't know, I really got nothing. I, I talked about the Great American Baking Show at the top of the show that I've been watching that. So you know where you yeah. can go from there. <laughs> so it's only six episodes. They're an hour each. It's free on Roku. If you want to watch reality TV that doesn't make you want to poke your eyes out, like go check it out. That's a glowing review. <laughs> what more can you ask for? Right. Really uh, pushed that one, Dave. Yes, yes. Reality TV, also, that make, reality TV that makes you not think you're on the event horizon. There you go. <laughs> I, I also will recommend that people hit that subscribe button and click the bell for notifications. Uh, so you don't miss us live every Sunday night right here on this channel. And also I recommend you head on over to SuperHeroSpeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media at the top of the page. And of course, reviews by our good friend Kassan and so much more. And that's it. That is all I got for the week, boys and girls. So, as always, thanks for watching. Don't let your cape go out the door. Have a good week.